Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up, College Across fans? You are watching episode, I think it's 78, but I'm not 100% sure, uh, of the Lax Factor podcast. Today we are doing a weekend preview show again. We're going to talk about a bunch of Division I lacrosse games. I'm going to set lines on those lacrosse games so you can bet against your friends. And uh, before I get into all of that, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Really just smash that like button blindly, as I always say. Or if you want to support us beyond that, you can go to laxfactor.com. You can buy swag, hats, t-shirts, mugs, whatever. Uh, Or you can just watch our videos and everything there. We're also doing a new thing where we're doing computerized power rankings. So we have our first uh, power rankings out for week one with all of the teams that have already played ranked so far. So you can check that out. I'll put a link in the description as well. And I was correct. This is episode 78. So let's get into this and start with our very first game, the Mount Mount St. Mary's at Towson. Uh, the Mount, they lost to Delaware uh, and Towson lost to Hopkins. The 2019 version of this game, Towson got played tough and they only beat Mount St. Mary's at Mount St. Mary's 12 to 7. Now, in their game last week, Luke Frankenny had five goals in the loss. Uh, that the Mount had to Delaware. So that's a lot better than the four points that Towson's leading scorer, Kobe Smith, had as a long pole. So at least the Mount has offensive players scoring most of their points as opposed to defensive players. In the end, though, I like Towson's athleticism in this game. I like their defense. I think their defense is going to make it tough for Mount St. Mary's. And I think that once again, probably Kobe Smith is going to put up some points. And I'm hoping that Towson will find a little bit of consistency on offense playing against a team that's not known for their defense. So in this game, I do like Towson. I'm going to set the line for this at Towson minus 3.5. The next game, Michigan is playing Hofstra, Michigan at Hofstra, Michigan coming off a 16-9 win over Cleveland State, and Hofstra coming off a 21-11 to thumping of Wagner. Hofstra lit the world on fire over lowly Wagner, putting up 21 goals. Sykes, McIntosh, McIntosh, and Tierney, they went for six points, five points, and four points respectively. So Hofstra, they can score goals. We knew that. And uh, for the Wolverines, Zawada, two and three, Clay and Buckingham, they each tallied four points. So Michigan, once again, trying to keep pace with the other teams in the Big Ten. Scoring points is something that they'll do well. Zawada playing well is key. Uh, Buck and Average, we knew he was going to put up some points. I'm going to say this is going to be a close game. I'm going to set this line, though, at Michigan minus 2.5. I think Michigan is going to be the better team here. I think Michigan's going to beat Hofstra. This is one, though, that eh, it could go either way. I felt like one of these two teams is going to end up beating the other by two to three goals, which is why I said it here. Um, But I'm thinking it's going to be Michigan that's going to pull it out. I think the Big Ten athleticism, uh, I think that Michigan returns a bunch of key players, a bunch of really good scorers, uh, and I think that overall they're just a little bit deeper than Hofstra. Could be wrong, though. We'll see. Next game, Penn. They have not played yet. At Maryland, Maryland is now 2-0. They just came off that double OT thrilling win over Richmond. 
Penn, they're coming off a successful 2020, though. Seeing them beat the Ivy League, their Ivy League foe, Yale. They beat them once in the regular season. They beat them in the Ivy League finals. And then they finally lost to them in the NCAA quarters. So they beat Yale twice, lost to them that magic third time in the quarterfinals after uh, Penn actually picked up a first-round win over Army in the NCAA tournament. So huge year for Penn last year. And then they return a boatload of weapons. They return Adam Goldner, 53-7, and Sam Handley, one of the best midfielders in the country as a freshman, 35 goals, 25 helpers. Sean Lully, 16 and 15. Mitch Bartolo, 16 and 7. The list goes on. They return a bunch of offensive talent. They're going to be a tough squad. They're going to be able to run offensively with anyone, and they'll play solid, at-home, intelligent defense. Maryland, on their front, they got Logan Wisnowskis. He's He's been the real big, big Cat, I guess you would say, for Maryland. Nine goals, five assists over their first two games. And then DeMeo and Bernhardt. Uh, DeMeo's four and six, and Bernhardt's seven and two. And they've both factored heavily in key points, especially of the game last week where Bernhardt f- scored the last two goals for Maryland to tie that game up. I believe Wisnowskis actually assisted at least one, maybe two of them. And then DeMeo scored the game winner, assisted by Wisnowskis. So that pair of three player, or that pair, <laughs> that trio of three players there. Um, of Wisnowskis, DeMeo, and Bernhardt. They are going to be tough for everybody this year. I think that this game, if it was played midseason, might go the way of Penn, uh, or at least it would be a lot more fair. I think the fact that Maryland's heading into their third contest and they played two decent teams already uh, going into uh, 2-0, I think that they're going to be a little bit sharper than Penn. I think it might. Yeah, I think Penn may come out hot, but I think once again they're going to have a hard time keeping Maryland down in the long run because I think Maryland's experience, you know, two games under their belt is going to help them. I was rambling on that, but uh, the end of the end of the line here. Line is Maryland minus three point five. I think that Maryland actually could pull away from Penn a little bit. I think that the the Ivy getting a late start is going to be what ends up hurting them. So I'm going with Maryland at minus three point five. Whew, I'm not sure about that one now as I say it out loud. Maybe I should have gone Maryland minus 2.5, but I'm sticking to it. Maryland minus 3.5. And in all of these, I'll tell you if I think that you know you should take the take the uh, underdog. But so far, I think that the, the, the winners are going to win these games. The only one I'm really not sure of is Michigan Hofstra. So if I was really setting the Vegas line, I think you might want to take me on that one. Because now that I say that one too, I'm thinking, oh, Hofstra can score goals. Maybe they beat Michigan. But either way, Maryland minus 3.5. Over Penn, I would take that one myself. The This game, really good game here. Number 20, Rutgers against number 14, Army. Rutgers 2-0 with convincing wins over Quinnipiac and St. John's. And Army, 2-0, they beat down UMass, and then they beat down New Jersey IT, which we expected them to do. Both of these teams so far have beaten up their opponents. For Rutgers, it's been Charlem Beatty, seven goals and two helpers. Gallagher, eight and one. They have feasted on goals. And then Kieran Mullins, two and six. He's played QB, distributed the ball a little bit more. Russo has looked solid in cage for Rutgers so far with a 58% save percentage, so he's been good. So Rutgers, looking solid coming into uh, week three or week two here. Army, Brendan Nickturn has been the man. Seven goals, seven assists over their first two games. Sean O'Brien's closely behind him, six and two. But Nickturn, he's the key. He has to play well in order for Army to play well. And so far he has. I do not expect that to be any different against Rutgers. I think that Nickturn's going to have a great game. Army's freshman goalie, Wyatt Schupler. Schupler, 
He's been spectacular in that 78.9% save percentage so far for the freshmen over their first two games. He was key in Army's dismantling of UMass with 13 saves versus just four goals against. Because that UMass score, that spread was surprising. I thought that was going to be a good game. I actually picked UMass to win that one by one, and I think Army won 17-4. I was totally off on that. I think, I think that this is going to be a good game, but I think that Army's win over UMass is a, is kind of telling. So for this one, I think it's going to be close-ish, but I'm going the line on this one, Army minus 3.5. I think Army's going to pull out a three or four goal win in this game, and I think that's a decent line. I think it'll be fairly close, but once again, Army already surprised me with that huge win over UMass. Next game. Number 18, Lehigh at number two, Virginia. Lehigh coming off a so-so win over Utah. They're 1-0. Virginia 1-0 with the win over Loyola last week. So I'd say that both of these teams probably hoped to beat up their opponents last week by a little more than they did. Uh, Utah and Virginia, you know, Utah probably should, you know, Lehigh, especially with how Lehigh played in the fall, looked like Lehigh was going to fill it up this year because they were putting goals on all sorts of people in the fall. Uh, so I think they were probably hoping to get themselves to 18 goals or so over Utah. Didn't happen. 16-11 win there. Uh, and then Virginia beat Loyola by three. They were up by more than that and let Loyola get back in it. Uh, with uh, Lehigh, Tom Schelling, he factored heavily. He's got seven goals and two helpers in that win that they had. And then senior Andrew Pettit went two and two for Lehigh. So they have guys that can score. They should be able to put some points up on Virginia. But UVA, they're a pick your poison. You take away Matt Moore, Kraus will feast. Take away Aiken, any number of young guns at the midfield will step up. Maybe Cromier is one of them, or Cormier is one of them. He had a good game last week, put up a hat trick. So this game last year was close. UVA beat Lehigh by three. I'm not sure Lehigh is as good as they were last year at this point, and I'm not sure that UVA's defense is as bad as they were. The UVA's defense struggled early last year, and they kind of shored that up by the end of the year to the point they were playing the bully ball that they won the national championship with and that they showed a little bit against Loyola last weekend. So I think that Virginia is going to win this game. I think they win it by a margin. I'm setting the line at this one. Line is Virginia uh, minus 5.5. I think they're going to win by five or six goals in that one. Yale, number three, runners up last year, taking on Villanova. Villanova coming off a one goal, or not a one goal loss. They're 0-1 coming off a loss to Penn State. I think they lost by nine. Nova's traditionally traditionally played Yale tough. I think in 2017, they lost by four or five. 2018, Villanova beat both Penn and Yale at the beginning of the year. 2019, Nova lost by a goal to Yale. So Nova traditionally plays them well. This is a different Nova team, though. Uh, they do return a lot of weapons. Cursed, uh, uh, Khan, Campbell, Daly, they're all back. They all factored heavily in the loss to Penn State last week. So that's a good sign for Villanova that their known quantities did score and put some points up against Penn State. Uh, Vitone and Cage, he struggled last week, but that's against Penn State. But as a first-year starter last year, he put up a 52% save percentage. So he has potential of being solid, and he can get hot in Cage for Villanova. For Yale, though, they return one of the best attack lines in the country. Jackson Morrill, 45 goals and 46 helpers. Matt Brandau, 49 and 24. Gaudet, the Undertaker, 49 and 2. These guys are bonkers. I saw them play in the scrimmage against Syracuse. They look great. 
Yale, they're, the only place that Yale's hurting is midfield. Jack Ty, gone. Joey Sessa, gone. Back, Brian Tevlin, Lucas Kotler, Brendan Rooney, and the kingpin TD Erlin on midfield. So they do have pieces back, and they look good in the in the scrimmage against Syracuse so far as well. So I expect that, yes, they lost some known quantities and points at the midfield, but they have enough talent at the midfield, I think, to make up for that. And then that attack line is just going to probably be a little bit more productive. Defensively, Yale is stacked. Chris Fake, Will Wetzel, Jack Starr, all back. So Yale brings back a complete team, both offensively and defensively. This could be a good one, but Yale, I think, is going to win without being scared in this game. I think that Villanova is going to have a hard time with Erlin in uh, his his first game of uh, 2020. I'm going uh, to set the line at this at Yale, minus five and a half, simply because I think they'll win by five or six goals. They could win by more than that, but they have a history, and that history includes Villanova doing well, so I don't want to set this too high. So I think Yale at five uh, minus five and a half is pretty fair. Another good game on the dock, or on the docket here, to, uh, number 12, Cornell against Albany, playing at Albany. It's supposed to be really cold outside in upstate New York. Both of these teams are coming off disappointing 2019s. Cornell, they came in last year ranked uh, top five, never never panned out from the very first game through the rest of the season. They just never lived up to that top five hype, and uh, they ended up not even making the NCAA tournament. Uh, Cornell, they're going to have to handle their non-conference business and do well in their own conference to even have a shot at making the NCAA tournament. And with teams like Yale and Penn and the Ivy, it's going to be a bumpy road or could be a bumpy road for Cornell. Albany, they had a rough year last year as well, as everybody knows. They're looking to bounce back. I don't think it's going to be this week, though. I think Cornell, they're going to play angry. They're going to play hot. I just don't think Albany has enough on defense and in cage for them to be a real threat. And I think Cornell, yeah, they're not a top 10 team, but I think they're still a legitimate top 20 team. And I think that Jeff Teat is going to do what Jeff Teat does in the shitty weather in upstate New York. I don't think that Cornell's going to to smoke them by any means. And I think the weather is probably going to be a factor in keeping this a little closer. But I'm still going to set the line uh, for this one at minus four and a half. Cornell minus four and a half. I think probably a four to five goal margin is fair with the weather being what it is. I think that maybe Cornell might even get up by seven or eight. And then Albany could chip back in a little bit. But I think a five... Four or five goal spread is probably fair in that one. Now, this game here, this is my upset alert. It's it's hard to call this an upset, but I have to for the purpose of this. Uh, Duke and Denver. Duke at Denver. Number 13, Duke, one and one. They've got the win over High Point and the loss to Air Force. Number nine, Denver has a win over Air Force, uh, over the very Air Force team that beat Duke. So, how can you not like Denver in this one? Duke had a hard time figuring out. Duke's having a hard time figuring out who they are offensively, although they looked good last week against High Point. Denver just beat the team up that beat Duke in Durham. So I honestly think Duke's going to pull out a win here. I have a feeling Duke is going to pull out a win here, but I think Vegas would would definitely have to set the line in favor of Denver on this one. I'm going to set the line at Denver at minus one and a half, but I personally think that Duke could beat them by two or three. But I just feel like Denver with the win over Air Force, Denver playing at home, um, Duke losing to Air Force, uh, Duke not having a true offensive pimp, and Denver has a couple here at this point. I feel like Den- Denver has the better offensive players in the field, uh, even though Duke probably has the best defender on the field. So I think that Denver's shooters are going to be too much, so I'm going to set it at Denver, minus one and a half, but I think that Duke very easily could pull this out by one to three goals as well. Another game. 
We're just rolling, rolling through games here this week. Number 11, Johns Hopkins, 1-0. They've got the win over Towson. Number 16, Loyola, 0-1 with the loss to UVA. These guys are bitter rivals. Last year, Loyola embarrassed Hopkins uh, in this game with Pat Spencer asking America, are we not entertained? Uh, we were entertained, by the way, in that game as he you know, feasted on Hopkins and bathed in their blood in the middle of the field, and I was excited to see that. Uh, two totally different teams this time around though Hopkins unproven defense Loyola unproven offense Loyola's defense is nice I just don't think they have enough weapons to keep pace overall with Hopkins especially if Epstein plays Hopkins I think is going to outlast Loyola in a close game probably similar to how the UVA game went I'm going to set this line though at Hopkins at minus two and a half I think it's going to be a close game Um, I think Hopkins could win by as much as three or four they could end up beating him by seven for all we know but I think there is a chance uh, that Loyola could upset Hopkins still or could still cover that that spread so Hopkins at minus two and a half the only other game I'm going to do uh, is going to be Binghamton at Syracuse. And I'm only setting this one just because I think, uh, you know, it's it's fun sometimes to set the bloodbath. So this is my bloodbath of the week alert. This is going to almost guaranteed be a bloodbath. I know I have a $5 bet with a buddy of mine with the line being uh, I took Syracuse at minus nine and a half. Um, so I'm going to set the line here for all y'all at uh, Syracuse minus eight and a half. And that should be good. I think that there's a chance that Syracuse underplays and, you know, only beats them, let's say, by a score of 17 to 10 or something like that. But I think the problem is going to be BU is going to have a hard time scoring and Syracuse is going to have a hard time not scoring. So honestly, minus eight and a half might even not even be right. But I feel like that's probably probably that's fair. And, you know, that's about it. Once again, I'll, I'll start getting into the D3 games once they start playing and we start seeing who's doing what and who's going to be interesting to talk about. But now it's just hard, hard to talk about them. Uh, that is it. This was a long preview show, I feel like. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And as always, go to laxfactor.com if you want to uh, support us and you can buy hats, mugs, T-shirts, whatever. As always, thank you for listening, watching, or whatever you are doing. And be sure to come back Monday and Tuesday as Monday and Tuesday, we will do our um, our weekend recaps. We'll do half of the games. We'll recap them on Monday, and then the other half of the games we'll recap on Tuesday as we break it up into two different videos. So that is it. Thank you for watching. Enjoy.